You're listening to More Than a Movement, powered by Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin on the new 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Welcome back into More Than a Movement, powered by Planned Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin on the new 1017 The Truth. I'm Carrie Noni, your host for today, and I'm having a very powerful conversation on reproductive justice with three powerful and wonderful women. Sarah Nobles, who is the principal partner of the Noble Group. We have Tamara Thompson, who is the doula at Maroon Calabash and is also an activist. And of course, Angela Lang, who is the director of Black Leaders Organizing for Communities. Now, Tamara, I'm going to put this question onto you because you work a lot with the, you know, reproductive and doulas and things like that. So can you let our listeners know why the reproductive justice movement has and will continue to have an impact on black birthing people? Sure. Um, So a lot of times when people think about um, the forerunner to all of the, the movements and particularly with women, it's, they think of the suffrage movement and they think about how, um, you know, Susan B. Anthony and others kind of organized, um, but they really think about how that excluded uh, black people and black women. Um, and so when we think about, you know, as second and third wave kind of came along, how slowly but surely the attention needed to be grabbed to say, hey, how this affects us is very, very different. And what we want to do is name it. And so um, Sister Song um, and a group of, of um Black and women of color all came together to kind of name and frame the reproductive justice movement and how it goes forward. And and it didn't necessarily have to stop with um, abortion access. So some people, when they think about reproductive justice, they're thinking about, oh, the the right to abortion. And for many years, it seemed like it excluded people who were pregnant and actually intended to give birth and their ability to give birth and where they gave birth and who they gave birth with. And so when we look at the layered issues of people who want to continue their pregnancies and they intend to give birth, what are the barriers that they have? to choosing the provider that they want, paying that provider, having access to the full spectrum and and circle of care that they need to bring that child to one year of life and for themselves to bring their own bodies into a healing through their postpartum period. And all of those things being heavily monetized and politicized um, always comes back to where we are in relationship to the power and our ability to self-determine. And so reproductive justice really provides a framework and a strategy to approach those things on all different levels from being better consumers of healthcare and understanding what resources are in the community to actually having grassroots organizations take charge and make sure that people are aware of their abilities and their rights and their resources. And also to challenge the status quo and to say that these things rather they be institutional or societal, are impeding upon our ability to self-determine our own reproductive sexual health. Um, So I really think that that's the the main way that reproductive justice will continue to impact Black birthing people. But there are all these other kind of facets that go along with it, um, how people are just deciding to choose midwives and to birth at home. And the monitoring that can come along with that Um, Some people who decide that they want to have an alternative vaccine schedule for their child, Um, people who enter into social programs such as um, like WIC or um, 
like birth to three or Head Start, and then it comes with like a family outreach worker. And that family outreach worker might be a mandated reporter that might have biases that affect the family. And so reproductive justice, you know, movements will say, you have the right to parent your child in a safe environment. And that safety also includes institutional harm and biases. So as long as there are power forces that are willing to impede upon our abilities to self-determine, the reproductive justice movement will always be relevant for Black birthing people. Yeah. Do you? How, where do you feel the movement is today in 2022? I mean, it's hard to say like exactly where. I mean, when we think about reproductive justice, like those two words, is to say like we want what is just, we want what is right, what is owed to us. You know, what is the standard, and who defines that? And if we are able to decide, okay, now we have achieved justice, now things are just, right? Then where do we go from there? Then it's it's like we're no longer having to um, negotiate for what we want. We're no longer asking permission. Everything is just as it is, right? And that sounds like really like science fiction, like like futurism, right? Where, where our, our bodies, our wombs, and our abilities to reproduce are totally up to us. Like, I want to be able to say like, that's, that's around the corner, like we almost over there, but we're not, right? And as we see um, and on a political temperature um, scale, like where we are is so polarized here in the United States where one side believes the other side is evil, right? And so how can, how can we be a cohesive country, uh, a cohesive state, a cohesive county or just neighborhood if we look at our neighbors and we say that person voted for so-and-so or that person believes in so-and-so and I totally don't agree with their entire existence, right? And when you think about how the systems are all connected and how our identities are all connected and how race as a social construct puts black at the bottom, then we have to look at how will we solve this problem? How, how will we approach this problem? So that's where I see it, is that we are now looking at, um, like, as of the last two years where they declared racism as a public health crisis. And we're looking at the reversal of uh, Roe v. Wade and the Dobbs decision. Um, and so that means that we are now looking at the criminalization of having a miscarriage, the criminalization of, of obtaining an abortion out of state and monitoring systems and surveillance of our, our messagings, like being able to send someone a message and say, I, I'm pregnant and I don't want to be. And so that's where I'm seeing, like we, we were making our own incline and now, bang, here we are. We have to deal with all of this, right? And so we, we have the opportunity to learn from our, our foremothers and our, our ancestors and say, this is how they did it, right? If they created the Underground Railroad right, then we can definitely create our own network of wise, intelligent, knowledgeable, compassionate, empathetic people that are willing to help our people achieve whatever liberation means for them. Right. That's where I think we are. All right, Sarah, now what do you feel about why the reproductive justice movement has and will continue to have an impact on Black birthing people? My goodness. So... Um, the way that the reproductive justice movement um, has been organized, it, it means that we are looking at every single aspect, every other justice issue that has an impact on human beings' lives. And the reproductive justice movement will continue to have uh, an, an impact on people because 
we aren't siloed. And, and I, I know um, uh, Tamara um, had, you know, many things to say about that. We're not looking at single issue lives. We're looking at lives that um, include many um, social justice issues and the impacts that, that they have. So because this organizing strategy is really brilliant in that it is looking at the full spectrum of a, pe a person, their identities, and, and that is taken into consideration to determine how we approach the issues, like which strategies are used to think about how to dismantle something, to interrupt something, to eliminate something, um, as opposed to uh, it being uh, different. One of the things that I really, really love about um, the reproductive justice movement it is that it's inclusive. So we have the beautiful Angela Lane um, uh, on with us today because reproductive justice says we need to work with all other justice leaders. We need to band together and do this work. Um, even though folks are working in different ways, um, there are ways to integrate and they intersect. And, um, and you know, we're much more mighty as a collective. You know, that, that, that inclusive thing is so incredibly powerful to any movement, having all of the voices and all of the people um, whose, you know, lives um, are, are impacted. And really, truthfully, there is no one um, whose life is not impacted by things like racism, even white people, you know, even though we don't, you know, talk about it in that way. Um, so, um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's you know, my, my take on uh, the reasons why it, it will have an impact on birthing people and, and others. Yeah, so thank you so much, Sarah. Now, next, I want to get Angela in on the social justice movement and how it has changed, evolved, and has grown over the years. You are tuned into More Than a Movement, powered by Plant Parenthood Advocates of Wisconsin on the new 1017 The Truth. 